alive. I like your ID there. Hold it up. Do you like that? Yeah. Old school. Guys, come on in. Make sure on Facebook we're looking good. Hope everyone had a great New Year's and Christmas vacation, I guess. Yeah, we're looking good. All right, well, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, guys, welcome into the JB Podcast. As always, I am Bobby Levine alongside me. If you don't know who he is, you do not follow the Columbus crew. <laughs> Neil Sika, everybody. He is the play-by-play. We need more play. soccer fans. We need more soccer fans. That's what we got going on here in Columbus. We have a whole bunch of questions we'll get to in a little bit. Let me tell you about Neil real quick. He graduated from Ohio State in 03. He's been the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus crew for the past 11 years. Yes, he does have an MLS championship ring. I do. He does. Did not wear it tonight, unfortunately. No, sorry. Uh, he did Ohio State baseball for two years. He did hockey for five years. He's now currently working for the Pac-12 Network. He is from Strongsville, Ohio. That's right. Up in Cleveland area. Big Cuyahoga t- County. Cuyahoga, where the rivers burn. And the <laughs> NFL true. team hasn't won a single game in an entire calendar year. Yeah. Frustrating. One win and two. And they kept the coach. They kept the coach. <laughs> they kept the coach. That is crazy. And they had a nice parade. They did. For a good cause. Yeah, but still, the whole process for that is so frustrating for you. It has to be. Are you are you a Browns fan? I grew up a big Browns fan. Big Browns fan. Um, I would say now I'm just a casual follower just based on, this sounds so pretentious when I say it, but you work in this line of work for such yeah. a long time. Like, I enjoy the games, but I'll tell you, the way, especially that organization's been run, you, you have to laugh and... I don't have the passion or fandom that I did as a kid, but that was the, the Browns were the reason, were one of the big reasons going to their games every week for six, seven years. Yeah. I wanted to get into broadcasting or be involved in sports, so there is still part of my uh, adolescence that's that's connected to the team. So yeah, it's hard to look away. Even though it's a giant car wreck. Yeah, it is a giant, <laughs> absolute burnt, burning garbage. Yeah, game. yeah. My mom's from Cleveland. My dad's from Cincinnati. My mom said, "Do not root for any of our teams." The Battle of Ohio. The Battle, the Battle of Ohio. So let's get to it. You okay. have worked again for the crew for the past 11 seasons. Yeah. And boy, has it been a roller coaster ride the last four or five months. Yeah, it has. And uh, it's still that way. I think a lot of people are uncomfortable heading into this upcoming season. Uh, and rightfully so, because they don't know what the future of the team is yes. beyond this year. Uh, and that's just the thing. They've had such a good product under Greg Berhalter, making the playoffs. The run they went on last fall was incredible, despite all the news that yep. was coming out. Um, and I, I talked to a friend of mine. She's a longtime season ticket holder, and this was before the first playoff game uh, against New York City at home. And she said, Neil, I'm anxious, I'm excited, yes. I'm angry, I'm sad. I think it's this carousel of emotions that all hardcore crew fans and soccer fans within the community, uh, if you're a follower of this team, have dealt with yep. for the last well, two and a half, three months since it was announced late October that they were looking at these uh, parallel paths. And I know a lot of the fans will argue, well, where's the work being done in Columbus, too? Um, it goes both ways, though. It's a pendulum. I sure, mean, it, sure. People here in Columbus are frustrated with Anthony Precourt, who is the owner, GEM, CEO of everything of the, the best crew. Best operator. Yes, yeah. of the crew. And he had a clause when he bought the team four years ago right. that said, if the city of Columbus is not building a stadium... A new one, he also wants in a better area as well, not on 71. Right. Then he can move the team to Austin. And now the four years is up. 
he's frustrated. And Columbus is now frustrated with him. But there's stuff behind closed doors. You want to talk about that? Well, the stuff behind closed doors is behind closed doors for yes. a reason. Okay. Um, look, I, I think there have been some discussions both ways. Whether the city has come forward and put everything on the table, uh, I would say we still don't know. You know, like if, if you're gonna, if if I get that there's not a negotiating tactic done for teams, and this is Precourt's, uh, Mr. Anthony Precourt's team, yep. and he's gonna do what he sees best fit and what he sees best fit for the league. Um, but if you're the city. You know, this has been a marquee franchise in MLS since 1996. So the first six, yeah, it's it's a matter of are you going to go down swinging? Like you could say that you've presented this and that, but we haven't really seen cold hard facts exactly. of, of that. So yeah, there's been there's been talks uh, about the shot scenes giving up land downtown, but it wasn't sure, big enough for sure. the, for a stadium to hold. Yeah, and all this stuff with uh, like Dewine and and the the legalities of it all and the Modell law. Well, that's that's a lot of red tape going forward. Um, I think that's the frustrating aspect of it because you have all the work right now and the attention being focused in Austin. Yeah. And the fans here want to know when that's going to take place in Columbus. And with the season fast approaching, uh, it's still a lot of uh, questions that remain to be answered. It's a huge topic, though. If you look at the soccer as a whole in this country, Mm-hmm. Is we they've been trying to grow it and get it into the top four, trying to take over or get it make it a top five where people are constantly watching. But the last two big headlines in this country is the USA national team does not qualify right. for the World Cup, and one of the original six MLS teams and the Columbus Crew are trying to move cities. <laughs> now MLS though has a whole plan; they're trying to get more teams, more money, more more, mm-hmm. I guess, viewership to get the sport bigger. Now, my opinion of what, what could happen here is, say the crew and this whole plan to go to Austin goes through. Right. They have a team down in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. the FC, Cincinnati FC. FC, FC, Cincinnati, FC, yeah. FC excuse yeah. me. They're trying to make them an MLS team. Now, if that happens, I feel like there's ownership here in Columbus or, or people that own a lot of money that can make their own team here in Columbus and, and, and run their own team. Could that could that possibly happen? Because they're trying to get thirty teams in the MLS. There's twenty two, correct? There uh, right now is twenty three with LA coming in, and they've uh, they've announced Nashville. Yep. And then we it's should know in a matter of the next week or yep. so whether it's going to be Sacramento or Cincinnati. Yep. Um, likely both could get in. I yep. think Cincinnati right now they're trying to clear up their stadium situation. Yeah. They draw right now from a very populous area of college kids and being on UC's campus. Uh, if they end up on the river in Newport, is that going to change the dynamics? So uh, that, I think, is the big overlying question there. And that it's always been a financial backing of the ownership group in, in Sacramento. And it's a smaller market in terms of what you think of in California with the two L.A. teams, a Bay Area team right now. So I, I think that's the big hang-up there. But it, we saw this past summer, if we go back to the Columbus-Cincinnati situation in the U.S. Open Cup, yeah. where there was a, a fervent atmosphere. I mean, it Huge. was fantastic, yeah. right? And who, who wouldn't want to see that, even on an MLS level? I know that they're going to say that um, some will, some detractors of that will say, well, the base of the Cruz fan base will be taken away by, by Cincinnati coming in, but I think you could have a, a healthy rivalry. 
It would be. I I think that you obviously you have the cross state rivalry with Ohio or Cincinnati and Cleveland and all professional sports pretty much besides the right. NBA. You have the Indians and Reds, Bengals and Browns. But again, there's only one soccer team. Mm-hmm. And then this past year, you finally had Cincinnati and Columbus play each other. Crazy game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Cincinnati won. Yeah, they made a they they had a miraculous run. Yeah, they really did, and they probably should have won. Um, their semifinal yep. against the Red Bulls and then played for the Open Cup Championship. Uh, but they gave a hell of a performance and they're well coached. And uh, we've seen the uprising of of that area. And look, Cincinnati's always been a good soccer town. They've got some great high school programs, great youth, uh, youth development down there. Um, they'd be a welcome addition to MLS, but I wouldn't do it at the expense, of course, of Columbus. No, that's like that's to see the thing. Both but I, I think looking at the city of Columbus and how it's expanding. Mean, now we're the 14th largest city mm-hmm. in America. We just jumped Indianapolis a, a couple months ago. If you look at that, you have to have another professional team in here besides the Jackets. And obviously, you have Ohio State football. Everyone says that's their own professional team as itself. But if a team does leave Columbus and goes to Austin, I do think people will step up and pay money to get another team here in Columbus. Yeah, I, I guess the tricky part would be the parameters of. There would be another team here. I, I don't doubt that at all. Would it be an MLS? And that could uh, be the main question. That, that's, that's the bigger question right now. I mean, they're here right now. as they are right yep. now. And, um, again, the motives of, of both sides and even here civically, like stepping forward and not just saying we have enough money to buy the team at whatever cost it may take, but to invest in that beyond that to make sure that there's a long-term jevity, long-term viability of, of the franchise here and that's that's one of the big questions this are the big talking points of this whole thing you have um, a club that's never had a local owner no yeah, yeah I mean, you look at what Lamar Hunt did for the league in the early days and then watching it grow and then having it flourish and p- put into different situations where they've had to sell their clubs in terms of Kansas City, and then Columbus came in 2013. Um, but that that local aspect of investing in it, not only to the point where you keep the team here, but beyond to where, uh, because they've put a competitive product on, on the field for yeah. uh, close to two time. decades. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've had their rough years, but the last three or four, they've for what they are allocated or what they spend, they do it wisely, and they put together a good team on the field. So, Anthony Precourt wants a new stadium, mm-hmm. and he's been begging for that the last couple of years now. Yeah. He wants it downtown, correct? Correct. He wants it in there with Huntington Park, Nationwide sure. Arena. Do you think that's even, I mean, is there a possibility that's going to happen within the next year they can save the team? Or do you pretty, are you saying it's a done deal that this team's No, I'm not saying, I'm not okay. saying it's a done deal. Um, you know, because there's always, there are always possibilities, and they have to, right now, the path in Austin, they're looking at some stuff in February in terms of potential sites, and would you be okay with this and that? And, you know, they have to secure the land down there, yeah. first and foremost. Um, what options of land that haven't been mentioned or haven't been mentioned in Columbus? You know, I'm not in those conversations. Yeah. But, um, if they could find a way that's a, a knockout to make it work, uh, why wouldn't you look at absolutely that option? I mean, that was that was the what was presented to the fans, uh, saying parallel pass uh, prior to the start of all of this uh, commotion. So you announced all of our playoff games, correct? I did. Now you saw the last home game we had. Mm-hmm. 
How crazy was the atmosphere? It was fantastic. Look, I I go back to 2013 when USA, they've had a USA-Mexico game since. Yep. But I, I was sitting in the parking lot tailgating before uh, the USA-Mexico qualifier in 2013. And it was the hottest day of the year at that point. I think it was just near 100 degrees. But crowd was fantastic. Great game, 2-0. Uh, Dos Cicero became famous yep. prior to uh, the last go-round. But I said... If you had this atmosphere, um, even six, seven games a year for, for a crew game, it would be pretty special. Yeah. And we got to see a lot of that in 2015 as well uh, with the run to MLS Cup. I thought that was that was just a fantastic situation. It was set up right there to win the title at home. It didn't work out. But, it was the same, um, same thing with this year, though. We would have won the semifinal. No, and I, I think... It's back home. And right. the whole, it would have been a perfect tell for ESPN because they were holding it. Right. Okay, you have... A team that's a, that could possibly lose its team from its city playing for a cup in that city. Well, and I think you saw a good uh, indication of just the passion, especially coming off of the news yep. and then playing that home game against New York City, how uh, raucous it was, a, a crowd on on Halloween night. Yeah. And uh, made for one of the more memorable atmospheres that uh, I'll recall. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, again, guys, we're here with Neil Sika. Play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Crew. If you have questions about the crew, ask us. We're here live with you guys now. We'll try to answer as much as possible. Obviously, sure. there's some there's some questions that we cannot, you cannot answer. Yeah. Once all the information will be presented and whatever decision is made, uh, I'm sure there will be more said. But you know, right now we take a, a frame of mind of what we know and what we hope to see going forward. And I, you, you, look, you said the atmosphere for the last couple of crew games were crazy with the news breaking. And what I always say is Columbus is kind of like a Cincinnati where winning sells. Obviously, Ohio State football will always be there. And I've, sure. been, I mean, whether you're 17 years old or you're 80 years old, you mm-hmm. realize the last 17 years have been amazing under the Trussell Obviously, we had the one bad year with Fickle, but that was a, a crazy year. And now a transition year. Then you have Urban Meyer, who's just took off and never took let it off the gas the gas pedal, pretty much, and winning ten plus games every single year is unbelievable. Yeah. And so you see the couple years with the Jackets faltering; they wanted to get rid of the team, mm-hmm. and now they're winning, and now everyone's going to the games every single night. And so that's the thing that's it. Columbus loves winning. Yeah, I would. And I agree with you, and I would say it in in this frame of mind, um, if you're familiar with Cleveland and Cincinnati and the types of towns they are, in terms of their pro sports culture, um, you know, the devotion to the Reds, and yes, people are obviously big Bengals fans, and that may seem a little bit more apparent when they're they're successful. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Cleveland knows that, I mean, again, we're talking about the Browns, and they've been the worst franchise Maybe it's kind of history. history. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's crazy you say that because they won so many NFL championships before the NFL right. was around. Right, but people would trade, like as wonderful as the Cavs season was in 2016, like they'd trade it all. Yep. Maybe even for a playoff win at this point. I would do that for my Bengals or my Reds. Uh, maybe I'm stretching a little bit, but winning an NBA title because the city was so starved for it. But yes. The Browns will always rule the roost there, and especially in a Rust Belt community, a blue-collar town like Cleveland. Um, and the cities you see in Detroit and Buffalo and Pittsburgh, um, that's the one element, as long as I've been here, even as a student at Ohio State, and the emotional real estate belongs to the Buckeyes, uh, the one element that I miss is 
I can go into a bar or a social situation and someone's going to bring up the Browns quarterbacking situation. Yes. Can you say that all the time about you know the Crews attacking midfield play no. or the Blue Jackets power play? No. I don't think you can. No. And uh, I'm not saying that will improve upon time because as it is, these clubs are still in their relative infancy. We're so young. And that's, that's yeah, what frustrates me And that's just anything. the thing. Like, uh, they're not there yet. They're not as a pro sports town in terms of its fervent... Uh, passion. There are a lot of great hockey fans. There are yeah. a lot of great soccer fans. But just like the growth of MLS, the growth of this community as a pro sports town uh, still has a few decades in front of it. Well, again, I mean, it, it, a couple months from now, we'll, we'll have a whole, like you said, clear cut picture. It's an exciting yeah. time. Obviously, if you're from Columbus, it's, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, every time you go into the MLS, yeah. anything on Twitter, it's the first comment is for someone that's a crew fan that saves the crew. Yeah. Save the crew, save the crew. The movement took off. I mean, I, I don't think ESPN want to talk about that as much as when the playoffs came, but it was like such a die and they, did, they probably covered it more than maybe they wanted, wanted to, to at yeah. first. But uh, look, those, and I've met numerous hardcore supporters in the supporters group, and my heart aches. Look, I, I make these Browns par- parallels because it, it's so fresh, and that's another part of the fandom of me and the Browns dying. Because if you talk to any first-generation or second- or third-generation Browns fan from the old era, they'll tell you. And it, it doesn't mean the team sucks. It's just it's not the same no. ever since they moved. Yeah. And you get that here. You're not. People will always be soccer fans, right? They're, Columbus shows the numbers of watching the Premier League and other. you have other options. Yeah. And that, that's where the league is also growing still in terms of the product it puts on the field and it's gotten better. But um, you know, you're going to lose a bunch of... You want this league to grow because you have these organic markets. Yeah. And if the crew leave, you're going to lose a bedrock of not just people who love the crew, but... MLS fans well, in they, terms of, of helping grow the league. And during the playoff the run, I was on 97.1 Listen to the Fan. They were saying that the most watched playoff games were when the crew were playing on TV. Right. Which blows And look, look, I, I think the, there's, a two par- there's two parts to that, right? Like, Obviously, they're playing good soccer. Yes, there is the betterment of the Eastern Conference and, and playing more attractive games, but also look at the situation, yeah. too. Like, that was announced... There's all this commotion surrounding it, so I think that drama added to the effect a little bit. But um, you know, they went on more than a more than willing run to to put eyeballs uh, on the product and and their run in general. So um, it, yeah, it, it's just it's awkward. It's uncomfortable for a lot of people still, and you should be. I, I think there's a lot of people that want to get excited about the start of this upcoming season, but there's so much uh, unknown. Yeah, yeah and it. it my heart, and I said this the first Sunday after the announcement was made, that yeah, I just keep thinking about the fans. Because I know my fandom. You know, yeah. My fandom started to die that day that the Browns left. My dad was at the game and when Cincinnati was playing Cleveland right. that day, and he's like, had to get kicked out of the dog pound. He's yeah, like, I was there too. You were there, yeah. Yeah, and there's a photo of me and my younger brother and my dad, and I've kind of got this sheepish grin trying to show some excitement yeah. um, but it, it's never been the same it never will be the same and I think that's going to be the case for a lot of people who grew up with this team trying to raise their children and you've got all these young soccer players Midwest is a good uh, soccer community just in terms of the colleges that have had success around here high school programs um, 
that'll all take a hit. There'll be a domino theory if, if that's the case. And now I take more of a professional view, yep. obviously, but um, uh, I can't help but go back and, and think about all those feelings again when, yep. when that happens. Yep, absolutely. Well, again, Neil Sika here with us, play-by-play announcer for the crew, also did Pac-12 football, or excuse me, not Pac-12 Pac-12 soccer, soccer, soccer yeah, excuse some, me. some women's basketball games. So let's, let's switch gears, though. Sure. And then talk, let's, let's talk more happy stuff. Sure. College football just ended. We're always going to be happy. We're all going to We're happy. talking sports. We're all talking sports. The Alabama Crimson Tide beat out the Ohio State Buckeyes for that fourth coveted spot in the college football playoff. A lot of, again, same thing as what happened when Ohio State won it back in 2014. Correct. A lot of talk. They deserve to be the number four spot while they silenced critics. They won the national championship. They did. Uh, in overtime style, the last time we had an overtime national championship game, Ohio State was in it. Again, 2002-2003 against Miami. I that game as a student. Unbelievable. You were at the game then. I was there. Oh, my Right goodness. on the 50-yard line. That is crazy. Oh. And I'll tell you what. For, And I've had a lot of great memories. Um, and blessed to have a, a good professional career. And the crew championship is up there. And uh, Ohio State hockey winning the CCHA for the first time in 30 years. A lot of things done professionally. But that moment as a student with your buddies, you don't know as a broadcaster if you're ever going to have an experience like that. Yep. Because it's okay to be a, it's okay to be a fan, right? Uh, we're all fans at heart, right? And I, you see more of that. That's a good topic of discussion in terms of at least college broadcasting now for the radio networks. Like, homerism is practically encouraged. Yeah. You know? I, I'm from the old school theory of, of keeping an objective perspective. Yeah. While you remember who you call the games for, but I'm, not to get off topic, but you remember those moments because you are an alum of the school or are about to be an alum of the school and you experience something like that, you may not get a better moment than that in your professional yeah. broadcasting career. So it was pretty neat to be on the mic as a, as a student for that. I game. was sitting in this family room watching that. I was, uh, I want to say, eight or nine years old mm-hmm. and jumping up and down. I mean, Maurice Claret put the team on his back. Yeah. Uh, it was, he was an amazing, he's one of the best freshmen I ever saw. I believe it. And uh, I think there are a lot of people that can concur with that. But... Um, Never you know, seen it's, a unfor- it's an unfortunate situation. The whole, the whole, story how, how the whole Ohio State career crumbled, and you know, but he's got. I saw him. We played in a, uh, a community soccer game actually for Matt Lamps a couple years ago. So he's seen the got his life back in order. That's good. Bit, so That's good. Yeah. He's good. So, did, let's go. Let's go back to twenty seventeen. Sure, sure. sure. College football playoff. College football playoff. Did Alabama, in your opinion, deserve it? And did you think that was the best four teams in college football? <sighs> I had no problem with them being in. Okay. I did not have any problem with that. And, uh, you know, I go back to the, the Ohio State-Iowa game. Yes. That game will be remembered not next year. For not years. Not five years. 20, 30 years they'll be talking about that game. That that will be considered with the Ohio State talent level and what you know, Iowa, when they showed up, okay, they were marginally decent, right? They could have beat anyone that day, though. Right. But that will go down as one of the worst losses uh, in the last fifty years of the program. I sat and watched, and they had two losses. Look, I mean, yeah. you add you add up the numbers. Um, you can argue Alabama's strength of schedule, yep. but honest to God, that program, with my brother working in the NFL and scouting them specifically, their NFL players as a freshman walking in. Oh, one hundred percent. And the way yeah. they're built, and, and Ohio State has that in a lot of veins, but. Um, they have better players on the whole for a reason. Yep. 
And uh, the fact that they've got a quarterback now that can throw, and then you saw Najee Harris, the freshman running back, and two kids that I covered um, working with the U.S. Army Bowl group uh, the last decade or so, uh, it's scary because it's just a matter of performance. And they didn't bring up the game against Auburn, but you saw what they could do uh, over the course of two playoff games against pretty good competition. Oh, huge. And so that's that. Let's go, let's go to that now. Now, obviously, you have Nick Saban, the best, in my opinion, college football coach. Mm-hmm. Of our generation, yeah, winning or maybe all time, all, all time possibly at this point with how many championships he's won, not only with LSU, but now he came back after the Miami Dolphins stint there for two years mm-hmm. and just dominated with Alabama. Now everyone argues like, man, Urban's great and he's up there with him. But I look at it this way: you go back to the Iowa game and JT struggled and struggled and struggled, but then you go to the national championship game. At halftime, Nick Saban pulls one of the biggest moves I've ever seen as a coach and pulls out his starting quarterback, who was not only the starter this year, but led to the national championship last year. Right. And Jalen Hurts benches him for a true freshman out of Hawaii. Now, I understand, again, Ohio State, Alabama, you get these guys that can play anytime, but a quarterback's a different position. Mm-hmm. You, you get regular time at quarterback, you see a huge difference in play. You could throw him in there in the national championship game, and the guy excels. Right. Well, look that, at Cardell that, Jones, and, and but Cardell also had a whole week of practice. Sure, sure. As absolutely. the number one. Well, look, I could make the Michigan example with Haskins. It wasn't on as big of a scale. But no. The guy came the ball. Came in, and he was ready to play. Right. Yes. So, I think, in my opinion, there's no, there's not even an argument for even like. Urban's not even close to that because if Urban does that move against Iowa well, in the think, first yeah, half, yeah, I don't think he would have. He would. Know? He's too. He's too loyal to his guys. Right. That's the problem. And if J, look, if JT Barrett was a sophomore, and yeah, six years, twenty-five senior. and two is still impressive for for Jalen Hurts. But if Barrett is a sophomore, maybe it's a different conversation. There's no way that he's yanking him. You're going down with the ship if they're struggling to throw the ball as as a senior. That's just the way it goes. I mean, you saw the Wisconsin game and. But he's ne- in my opinion, JT has not had a game where he's impressed me throwing the ball. You have not to go- even Penn State? Okay, I'll give you stats for this one. So I had to go all the way back to Michigan State his freshman year, up in East Lansing when I went to that game. But looking at even the, the Penn State game, he went 33 of 39. Mm-hmm. Now, 17 of those passes, though, which is more than half his completions, were for one yard or less. The yards after reception were huge. Right. Yes, he had Marcus Ball down the middle, which right. is huge. I mean, you can't miss the guy. You and I could throw a ball to Marcus Ball and not miss him. That's awesome. But, again, the yards of the catch, we don't give our receivers enough credit. I mean, the bubble screen against Wisconsin, um, I can't forget his name, number 21, Paris Campbell, oh, yeah. busting that one out. In my opinion, that's all Paris Campbell. That, that, you and I can make sure. that throw. Sure, sure. And that, and JT been, gets a 50-yard touchdown pass. That's been a big part of the, the hang-up of the receiver core that they had in 2014 um, that they really haven't developed since then. There was a little bit of a marginal improvement, I think, this year. Yeah. But, um, you know, this all goes back to you're expected to win the national title at Ohio Every State. Every single year. And that's the same case at Alabama. But right now, you know, what are they doing better that Ohio State, that they can do that, and they've won five of the last yep. nine. Yeah. yeah, and I, I think they're getting the defensive part together. You saw how good the defensive line was. I, that was the best. I, I think the best defensive line in college football. Is right, right, but I, I think at the same time, it's not just a front four; it's a front seven. Yep. So finding linebackers, yep. um, 
that we're used to seeing in terms of their their Butkus nominees or All Americans at Ohio State, and, and look, those can be blue collar guys. Yep. I think that's that's the, where you had the the great differentiation. Urban can get these four and five star guys. Yes. Trussell didn't, but you also had some good Ohio football players that made a, that made pretty good teams. You need yes. you need a little bit of both in that balance. So um, that'll be the key the next two or three years because who knows how much longer Urban's going to coach and, and you want this how program. Long, how long can his heart stay healthy? Well, that's another good question. Yeah. But I, you want to know how long they can go, uh, or you want to see hopefully that they can win a national title in the next two or three years, depending on you know what his shelf life is and how longer he, how much longer he wants to coach. Absolutely. And, and the thing I have is with Alabama, they've been so good for so long. There's talks now about Nick Saban possibly taking the New York, talking about the New York Giants job. And if he goes to the pros, that, I think that's the only thing that would put Why would back he leave? I mean, he wins and he makes $11 million a year. Dude, I would never leave anywhere. Yeah, I mean, why would you want to leave? No. I mean, that's the thing. That's what everyone's discussing. Like, because he's, that's the only level he doesn't want on. Yeah. He, he's done enough he possibly well, will can. Will Belichick go to the Giants? I've heard that. Why, for, no. Why? Because why? I'm just I'm just throwing and, it out there. So we, we, we can move on to the NFL. But the problem I have with that is everyone's been talking about this. I had a guy that came with me at the bar was talking about that with me. And I'm just like, you can't do that because that just takes away the whole discussion of, was it Brady that won the games? Or was it Belichick? No, it's a two-headed monster. And then we have Kraut, which is a three-headed sure. monster. But if he leaves and he doesn't win... Like he did with Cleveland. Yeah, you know it then. Brady won the well, games then. Are you talking about Belichick with yeah, the Browns? Belichick, yeah, yeah Belichick. but they were getting they were getting that thing in gear, you know, and if they don't move, gear to move, yeah, move. Well, yeah, right. right. <laughs> but if they don't move, like you know, they started that year off well in ninety five. Yep. I think they were three and oh, four and one, and then you know, crumbled as everyone knows, but they had a, a great defense yep. in nineteen ninety four. They were they were getting it together. Um and everyone Maybe was, you have seen the Cleveland '95 football life. Um, if you haven't, on YouTube, uh, yeah, or it's it's NFL Network. Yep. Yeah, so we all live that. And don't want to live it again, but uh, yeah. they were they were connecting the dots. They were connecting the dots. So, um, Let's move on to the NFL. Yeah. Again, I'm going to introduce you again, Neil Seeker here, play by play for the crew for 11 years. Uh, he also we worked together uh, at Spectrum Sports Network. Spectrum, yeah. That's how we met, and then actually you so drove my gym on Monday. That's it. Yep. He's been sneaking. What's our gym? Our gym, yeah, but you've been sneaking in the other gym, so it wasn't your gym. <laughs> well, for five years I had a freebie. Freebie. And so now I just happen to join the gym that you're at. Yep. I, now it's my gym. It is his gym, yeah. hundred. <laughs> it's Neil's town, too, guys. So let's go to the NFL. We got past the wild card weekend. Yeah. Now we're, we're, we're getting the cream of the crop teams now in the NFL. We're down to eight teams. We're going to get to the... Cha- the, I guess the conference champion, or the yeah, I guess you could say NFC championship and AFC championship next week. Uh, I'll go game by game. Sure. I'll give you the spreads. You tell me who you like in a spread, team wise and why. Okay. Uh, we're gonna start Saturday at four thirty-five p.m. We have the Atlanta Falcons, who are the defending NFC champions. Right. Could have been Super Bowl champions last year. I mean, they blew a twenty-eight to three lead. They did. Crazy blown blown lead there. Going against the number one team who are now underdogs in this game. I've never seen this in my, in my life before. The Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. who are starting backup quarterback Nick Foles because Carson Wentz got hurt. Right. The spread right now is three points. I run favorite. on a torn ACL. I've done it for 15 years. Like, Wentz should suck it up and play. Hey, hear this? Hear this, Carson? If you're watching Carson Wentz, Neil is telling you Look, that's play. the only way they're winning, too. Like, I love their defense. I think they've been... But if you watch that Christmas... 
Eve game. Yes. Or Christmas Day game. Yes. Uh, against the Raiders. I mean, they just couldn't move the football. And against a good defense like Atlanta. What's the what's the line? Minus three for Atlanta. Okay. On the I'm road. Still, I'm still taking the Falcons. And the I, I don't know what the weather. Oh, it's supposed to be 55. Because we're supposed to get hit with snow this weekend. Well, there's there's a debate. Like, it could be, like, all rain. It could, it could be, be all like, snow. snow. Yeah. yeah. They're saying possibly nine inches here in Columbus, folks. It won't be that much. Never is. Never is. No. It we, might be, like, two. We had Jim Ganahl. He's probably freaking rain. out right now. This, this is when you should have had him. Yeah, we should have had him. Yeah. So, so you have the Falcons winning this game. I do. I just going back to back years. Like they be, go on the road, they played well. They had a good game plan against the Rams. They destroy um, the Rams in my opinion. They forced a couple of turnovers. I think they've under. I think they've uh, they haven't played to their value yep. for much of the season. Uh, but now's when you turn it on. So yeah. I've been saying I'm not going to say they're going to win the Super Bowl or get they're back win there, this week. I, I think they can. I think they'll win this. So week. I've been having this argument with my buddies. A lot of my friends are Pittsburgh fans, and I've been saying Julio Jones is the number one receiver in football, and they're like, "You're crazy! You're crazy!" I said. Look at the stats when it comes to playoff times. Yeah, sure, regular season is regular season. Right. Who's healthy when it comes to playoff time? Julio Jones is. Who had the, one of the best catches we've ever seen in a, a Super Bowl when that he had the toe drag right. over, I don't even know what the defender was for the Patriots, got him in the field goal range, and then Ryan took two sacks in a row and pushed him out of the field goal range. That was the end of the story. But Julio Jones goes off in these games. I mean, even last week, he finally had his first red zone touchdown in so many days. So many games, excuse me. I I remember watching him in Alabama and saying that you know the Browns drafted him with the fifth pick on when I did tweet occasionally back in the day. Yeah. Um, of course they didn't take him. No, of they course traded they traded him for a bevy of picks that. You know what has that turned out to be? But no, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he's awesome. Um, I, he's unbelievable. Most yeah. Alabama Ohio State players, man, they you more than fifty percent turn out well. The two d- defenses are good, and that's a push. But you go with the quarterback play, and. I'll take Matt Ryan all day. Matty Ice in the playoffs. Yeah. Let's go to the late game on Saturday. We have the Tennessee Titans with Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. If you had fantasy players in this postseason, you had Mariota last week. He not only had a touchdown pass, but to himself. To Fantasies himself. Still, were still going on last week? People still No, I mean, they, have, they pick uh, playoff r- rosters. Okay. Against five-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady. You're going off quarterbacks right there. I mean, that's the best right there. You're in New England. It's supposed to be 55 and rainy. New England's favored by 13 and a half points, almost two touchdowns. That's a big spread. Um, that is a big spread. I'm still t- I would take uh, the Patriots still, with okay. even though they're given 13. Really? Um, yeah, look, I, I thought it was a nice comeback, or whether you want to call it a choke job by Kansas City, and the fact that they can't win a home playoff game. I don't know, going well, back to Cincinnati, the last, man. Yeah, decade not plus. Not too long, yep. Right? Um, they're rested. They're healthy. Give the ball to Gronk. Don't stop them. Yeah, I, I, they're at home. They're not, they're not going to lose to the Titans. No, I don't think. Uh, I A lot of speculation with the ESPN news coming out with the Kraft, the mm-hmm. Belichick, and the Brady debacle on Jimmy G, now in San Fran, Jacoby Brissett now in Indianapolis. Who was running the situation there? Was Tom Brady running the running the ship? It's tough. It's weird. It's a weird time for the story to drop. Well, when realistically, outside of the Garoppolo trade, you know, maybe that story could have been written a year ago or two years ago. You know, they still play good football. They play great football. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Patriots. I'm taking the Patriots too. They finished the season thirteen and three. They've had a week off. Up in the blizzard too, though. They had a practice out there. You see that video? Mm-hmm. They're running off. Yeah, crazy. 
Guy driving around in the convertible in Boston. That's, that's that right. sounds like a Boston. My best friend moved out there. He's like, I worked at home the last couple of days. So let's go to Sunday at 105. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who is led by Blake Boros, Saxonville mm-hmm. on defense wise with uh, Campbell, defeat the Bills Mafia. First time going to the playoffs since 99. Me being a Bengals fan, I was pulling for them. You we, pulling get, for the we, Bills. we got you them in the playoffs. We, we helped them in there. Right. Yep. Is going against my arch nemesis, the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game is going to be 21 and freezing in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and Ben Roethlisberger, who threw five interceptions last time he played them earlier this season, are favored by seven and a half points. I would take. I I think Pittsburgh will win the game, but I would I would take Jacksonville with the spread. Um, Can Blake Bortles become elite? Can he put all doubters to rest? How about throwing three completions in a row? For more than 25 yards. Yeah. Look, I think their defense will keep it close. That's why I would take them. Um, but, again, Pittsburgh off rest, getting some guys healthy, much needed. Uh, we're just we're headed for a Steelers-Patriots show. And I don't see anything out of the, these teams on the road no. that would change that, the AFC, that outcome. The AFC South is looking weak right now. Yeah. So I'm looking at this. There's a, there's a lot of storylines that go into this game, though. Antonio Brown's back. Mm-hmm. Can he produce, or is he going to be a Booby Miles and just be a, a guy on the bench there saying, hey, let me get in? Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Jacksonville coming off a very emotional win at home, mm-hmm. being a team that was very emotional going into the playoffs in Buffalo. Can their defense step up one more time? Now, again, you're looking at the weather, 21 degrees. It's going to be tough to throw the ball. It's going to be right. very cold. Right. Who is the better run game? Do you trust Leonard Fournette? Do you trust Le'Veon Bell? Who's the better defense? Do you yeah, trust the Steelers yeah. defense without Shazier? Yeah. Or do you trust a very healthy defense with Jacksonville? It's very, very tough. Again, it goes to quarterback play. Ben, ben, big Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, rested. It's a lot of storylines this one. I like Jacksonville in this one. Okay. I Fair think everyone, everyone's been looking forward months in advance. Going back to the last time New England and Pittsburgh played in Pittsburgh on that crazy finish. Did he catch it? Did he not catch it? With mm-hmm. Jesse, I forget his last James. name, James, yeah, tight end. But I think everyone's looking past that. Oh, it's going to be Pittsburgh and New England next week. I think Jacksonville's coming in there to run a, a All right. No, I, if, I think they're the more likely team that could pull the upset. Absolutely. You have the proof from the regular season yep. game. But uh, they're so one-dimensional so, offensively. Yep. And can, they, can they even run the ball against the Steelers? We'll I know they're, they're, their linebackers aren't the same without Shazier, and they don't move as well. Uh, Their secondary has been weak all year, though. And if you but who the, who, name me a Jacksonville receiver that's that the problem. scares you. You know, Mercedes Lewis, Lewis is that's their, that's their, their main tight end. guy. But, yeah. but again, you look at tight end-wise, right. Gronk destroyed him. If he can destroy him on any play, you get Mercedes Lewis in open field, you never know. If you're, you're right. Are you taking Blake Bortles with your life, depending on it, to no, win a playoff game on the road? No. At the end of the day, you know, Roethlisberger is... is and I'm like you. I, I'm not a Steelers guy by any stretch of the imagination, but... He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He will be in the Hall of Fame. They're going to win the game. He w- okay. All right. Well, they'll win They're the going to win the game, but Jacksonville okay. can keep it close on the points. And the last game on this card, Sunday evening, 440, I think the NFC is wide open. Anyone can win the NFC. I think the AFC is pretty much, again, one or two-dimensional team. You have the New Orleans Saints, who's been a whole flip of the story script-wise. They've been an offensive team for so long. They're finally getting a good defense mm-hmm. on paper mm-hmm. and shutting teams out finally. Going on the road to Minnesota with Case Keenum as a quarterback. 
I mean, you. Now I gotta I gotta ask you a question. Sure. And you've been you're older than me. You've been around longer. That's true. Name a team. Age before beauty. <laughs> He's got the hair, man. You got the great hair. <laughs> Name a team that has lost their starting quarterback and their yeah. starting running back right. and has got a first round bye, but lost his quarterbacks way early on in the season. Yeah, like it. Minnesota has. Look, that's a guy that you know well in Zimmer yeah. and the defense. Yeah. And it's pretty damn good. Very good. And they're on a mission, I think, being at home. Pretty much all the way through. A it. chance to play at home. If Philadelphia, if Philadelphia loses, they have the whole road to the Super Bowl. Before the playoffs started, I picked a Pittsburgh-Minnesota Did Super you really? Bowl. I did. Oh, but was this when the playoffs were set, though? This was not before the season started. No, no, no. Prior to the start of the playoffs. Okay, playoffs. okay. I was like, correct. dang, that's pretty good. And I'll stand by that. I think you saw a formula last week where the Saints struggled to run. And if you can't get that dual um, weapon of Ingram and Kamara racking up scrimmage yards. Yes. Um, you know, Breeze can beat you, but I think the secondary of Minnesota is better than Carolina's. They're and really, really good. Yeah, I, I, I expect a close Minnesota victory uh, come Sunday. I found that. I was thinking about that because I was on Instagram, my buddy Dan Draper. But I like watching the Saints play. I'm a big Drew Brees fan. Yeah. Um, Love watching him play at Purdue. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. This, the line, though, is so Minnesota four and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset if uh, I'd take the Vikings by a touchdown. Really? Yeah. I think New Orleans, I don't, something about them, man. They're, they're playing with right. a lot of heart. And I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I, I would pull for the Saints. I mean, they're both two likable teams. They, they're, they're teams that run the program usually the right way. I know you have the bounty hit. Gate going on with the he's, now, he's now the uh, defensive coordinator of the Browns. The Browns, yeah, they put, put him out for Big Ben though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I have fam- sentimentally. I have family in New Orleans. I've had a lot of great times there at Mardi Gras. Yeah, it's a great, great town. Yeah, um, and uh, well, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be on board with the Saints winning. I, I still think Minnesota will win. I think the Saints are gonna. I, I got a both away teams on Sunday. Both home teams, or no, excuse me. I think no. I, I have one home team. I only the Patriots. I think the Falcons will win, the Patriots will win, the Jags will win, and the Saints will win. All right, we saw uh, two of the four road yep. wild card teams. It was I just, on the first day. As, yeah, Saturday. as you get as you get closer, it's tough. Um, yeah, this is where home field can come into Huge. advantage. So I'll take the one road game in, in Atlanta. Winning okay, out right. Take with, all home teams. Um, the home teams win the rest of the way. All right. Well, again, Neil Siki here on the JV podcast. I want to thank you, man, hey, for man. coming in. Great to be with you. I'll see you in two days. Or maybe tomorrow working out. That's right. That's right. I'm Keep up the good work. Yeah, you I'll, too. Uh, I'll run you on the treadmill. I'm on the bike, man. <laughs> on the bike. I'm a bike guy too. I, it's easy. I can watch my TV shows. Again, JV Podcast. Next week, we're trying to get Jay Richardson. You know Jay, right? Met Jay? I've met Jay, yes. You I met have. Jay. I have. Old Ohio State football linebacker. You can say really old. He's not old. He just played back in the D-line. mid two. Yeah. yeah. D-line, excuse me. Dublin Kaufman. Dublin Kaufman or Sayoto. Sayoto was one of the dumb ones. It was one of the dumb ones. They're all green and white. Yeah, they're all green. There's there's green in every dumb one school. And stay. I guess you could follow him on Twitter. He doesn't really tweet that much. If you watch the crew games for the next season, they're still here in Columbus. Yeah. He will be on the games. Right. And, and one way or the other, you know, if you're a soccer fan, come out and support this team because it's still a good team, and uh, you know they'll need the support more than ever. Absolutely. Especially if uh, if they do decide they're going to go to Austin. If you see Neil in the streets, say, hey, I saw him on the podcast. That's right. (laughs) Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Good to be on. Everyone out there, be safe.